Hi, and welcome to the Amity Podcast, where a husband and wife striving for Amity, sitting down and talking through ministry life, theology, books, and family. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jonna. How's it going? Pretty good. You are currently making tea the hard way. Well, I'm not even making tea yet. I'm just <laughs> drying flowers to use in tea. <laughs> yeah. I'm not making the actual tea yet. <laughs> Chamomile flowers and uh, it'll take uh, <laughs> a crack me up at one to four hours in the dehydrator. How many hours so far? Mm, I think we're on like three at least. At, at least, yeah. yeah. Be a lot more. So it's a Monday night and Anzac Day holiday. I actually tried to take a day off for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked extra on Sunday. And uh, Christian Liberty sermon looked back on Romans 14. But I didn't actually start in Romans 14. I started in Romans 13. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we're not going to read the whole passage out no. tonight. <laughs> And the reason for that was, I started in Romans thirteen eight, and the entire reason for that was because Paul, the Apostle Paul then lays out, mm. hey, this is what the law is, it's summed up in love neighbor as yourself, uh, this is what we're called to do, uh, you're not called to sin, and then he goes into Christian liberty. And so that was my way of... Just like handling that objection right off the bat uh, for Paul's argument in Romans 14 because he does it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lauren, what's, what's Christian liberty? The freedom that we have in Christ to make decisions that guide our everyday choices, basically. The liberty to choose things in the boundaries that God has placed for us in his word. Yeah, totally. And so I I think it's, I mean, there's just a crucial distinction that you have, like you have commands, you have clear precepts, and then you have certain things that are, the reform is called adiaphora, non-essentials. I, I recently got sent a uh, a comment made by a pastor, and I can only assume this pastor's denomination, uh, but he said, all decisions are spiritual decisions, therefore it is foolish to make a decision without consulting your pastor. Mm. And, you know, goodness gracious me, I'm, um, you know, started getting messages about it, and... You know, people were like, should I wear the white socks? Should I wear the black socks? <laughs> um, if I wake up at four in the morning, do I need to go back to bed? Mm-hmm. Do I have to ask your opinion on that? Um, but I think that's kind of what happens when you really don't have an understanding mm-hmm. of of Christian liberty. Um, well, I mean, that's like, there's a huge setup for spiritual abuse. Absolutely. Slash, I want to know how busy is that pastor? Because if everyone has to run every decision by him, he never stops working. Yeah, <laughs> probably got a, a 20 to a 
you probably got a 20 to 30 person church at that point before you're exhausted. Um, <laughs> yeah, less than that for me. <laughs> mm. That sounds not fun at all. Yeah, that's just frustrating. But I mean, like at, at the same time, like you kind of you see it all the time, you know, you really, really see it all the time. And I think this is a big question. You know, I had a couple of people come up to me after this 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 sermon on Sunday and well, after the service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone who's a bit newer was like, oh, man, I've been struggling with this for years. You what know, aspect? The, just, the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Like these, and he's like, oh, man, it massively clarified things for me. Um, I really needed to hear that. You mm-hmm. know, it was that kind of. And I think just because things are non-essentials does not mean they're not important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and I think what Paul really gets into uh, at the at the end of chapter fourteen, he really gets into the fact that if you if you're unable to do something in faith, mm-hmm. like if you think it's sinful, mm-hmm. for you it is sinful. Mm-hmm. And the number of times I've had people come to me and ask me for decision making. Mm-hmm. My usual response, if it's, it's, it's like, should I sleep with my girlfriend or something like that? Like, well, that's an obvious no. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a clear command against it. But oftentimes, I might say, if I get the question, like, is this sinful? It's like, what well, depends. And that's not a compromised, wishy-washy answer. That's mm-hmm. an actual, like, that's a biblical answer. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you think? And that's what I always do. What do you, what do you think? Like that's my stock answer for anything almost. It's like, what do you think you should do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think right behind that is then the question of like, and that's what's really going on here in Romans fourteen is the question of the conscience. Mm-hmm. Right, your conscience, your your moral inclination towards right or wrong, mm-hmm. uh, your your moral compass, so to speak. Do you think it's sinful for you? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay, well, cool. Then, you know, you're going to have to do some work on your conscience, get it, mm-hmm. you know, adjusted by the Word of God, really think it through, really pray about it, and then maybe you can actually do it. But right now, if you think it's sinful and you go do something, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I made a, throw, a throwaway line. Which I almost kind of regret because it was a little bit flippant, but um, just as far as like tattoos, like I've been asked multiple times by people, should I get tattoos? And I'm like, I'm not going to say yes or no. <laughs> and I do not want people to say, well, the pastor told me I should get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not going to do that. But it's if like, they can't get a tattoo without <laughs> the caveat of my pastor told me I could. Yeah then you just don't get the tattoo. If you're going to get a tattoo, you've got to own that decision. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, on that subject, let's just oh, deal dear. with that subject really quick, right? Because, you know, you were looking at getting a tattoo. Yeah, I still want to. I heard, What happened the day, like, you were actually, like, booked in to go talk I to wasn't me. booked in yet. I had money saved up. I was book, going to book the tattoo for my 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. I found out I was pregnant the week before... Yeah. My birthday, which 
we've been trying for two years, so I'll take baby over the tattoo any day. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, on that on that example, you know, yeah. it's like I think people point to Leviticus and the marking of the skin. And I would say there's a parallel passage. So much of Deuteronomy is parallel with Leviticus. You know, there's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a parallel passage. I think it's Deuteronomy 14, about verse 10. I think it's coming to mind. Um, and it makes it very clear that the marking of the skin was religious in nature, related to honoring the dead. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's not what we consider. So I kind of just throw those under the effort, but... Totally. I didn't realize we were getting into tattoos, no. but... <laughs> well, I didn't, I, I didn't want to make a lot of, like, direct applications. Yeah. Like, I didn't want it to be about potentially offensive examples, because, you know, people's consciences mm. are all over the map on some, some certain mm. things. Um, but what I did do is we found a great quote by Fred Malone... Uh, um, and there's there's a really good article by him, and I've met Fred a couple times, and uh, sat under his uh, teaching ministry uh, before, and he he said like what what kind of issues are related to the subject of Christian liberty? You got that line? Yeah. Modern day issues concerning Christian liberty include alcohol drinking. Dress, education of children, insurance, women's head coverings, contraception, use of TV, internet, and electronics, music choices, Sunday school, youth camps, political views, etc. There is no question that scripture must that scripture must be the final determiner of these choices for the believer. But the problem of liberty arises when man-made rules and opinions beyond scripture. Take on the role of law for church membership, church discipline, and church unity. Yeah, I mean, goodness. And I mean, I've I've heard some horror stories over the years. And uh, I do think a lot of pastors make requirements mm-hmm. of people that are just, like, not right. And some, and they, they push way too fast. They feel vastly overstep their authority. Mm-hmm. I try to be very careful and cautious with it, so when I do actually be like, hey, you can't do that, mm. uh, it just got some weight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there's a point where sometimes you find something that's, that is open, it is, you know, it is an adiaphora, it is a good thing, but some people cannot enjoy it really as a good thing. They become enslaved right. to it, for example. Right. right. Um, you know, I think that's a real problem. And um, then that and would go... When a pastor should get involved or, or right. any brother or sister should get involved and be like, yo, this is... And then sometimes that then, if you are enslaved to that, you're then in violation of direct command in scripture. Exactly. So that can be more clear cut as well. Exactly, you know, and I mean, I think you got to be gracious with people and, yep. and encouraging, but mm. um, I think a lot of times how this plays, I mean, especially in more church circles that we've been in, which thankfully have not been abusive leadership situations, mm-hmm. which those do exist absolutely, you know, a lot. Um, 
but I've seen it more in what, like Malone says, the, how the, this issue affects Christian unity. Yeah. That's, I think, the most obvious way you see it. Totally. I saw someone recently basically saying that church members should have to um, say who they voted for. <laughs> oh, goodness. And if they voted a certain way, they should be church just uh, with without right. repentance. They should be forced to, which is just insane. I mean, it's surely that's it's, American. Uh, that's in America. Yeah. Um, but uh, th- that's crazy. Um, yeah. in, in my opinion, and it, it doesn't mean we're saying these issues don't matter. It doesn't right. mean they shouldn't be. Um, but they're just like they're never as clear cut, you know. Um, I voted in such a way that a lot of Christians would be uncomfortable doing um, this this year, you, mm-hmm. know, you know what I mean, in, in New Zealand. But out um, of all the people that I know in church, like I don't know what a lot of people voted, but the people that I do know what they voted for, it was all different. We were yeah. all all over the and, place. And, and everyone had their reasons and, you know, yeah. it's just, cool. I'm just a lot more cynical than most people. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, I remember, so you see the alcohol drinking is one. Like, kind of growing up, like, I really understood, like, like, South Africa had a fairly, you know, relaxed drinking culture, yeah. right? But it was like, drinking beer is okay, mm-hmm. drinking brandy or whiskey is not. Hmm. You know, like just mm. just an example of that, mm-hmm. and like there was there was like a lot of people that believed that, mm. like spirits is for you if you want to get mm. drunk. Beer mm. is it's fine. That's just mm-hmm. that's acceptable. That's an example. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Insurance. Goodness, I don't even want to go into that. <laughs> um, huh. I am not stylish at all. Everyone should know, right? Except when I buy you $3 shirts from Kmart. <laughs> I, I'm just, like, it's just, it's just not my thing, you know what I mean? So you want to call me, like, dressing up like a hipster or something like that? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just, I dress... I don't blue. think anyone's ever said that about you. Someone has. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, like, it, it's just, like, why have I got a beard? I'm not trying to go for a look. I don't like the... My, my face is ugly. <laughs> I hate shaving. That's why I have a beard. I like it. Yeah. I don't have to take care of it. You know, like, and, yeah. and then at the end of the day, like, you don't like my face if I, I'm shaving either. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's just, it's just like win, 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 you know? Um, but I don't spend a heap of time grooming it. Like, I yeah. completely forget to most of the time. Like, yeah. I just like brush it occasionally on a Sunday morning. But like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not trying to do anything special there. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I get my hair cut out of necessity, right? Um, which, which which I hate doing. Uh, but there's no, like, trying to, you know, be stylish. And even if there is, you know, like, there's freedom in that. To do that. That's Christian liberty. There's a good level of freedom in, in, in how you dress, you know what I mean? But then you start going behind the hat motivations. Mm-hmm. You know? Am I doing this to be noticed? Am I doing this to try and... I don't know, seduce people, whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's when it becomes sinful. Mm. Um, am I trying to draw massive amounts of attention to myself, you know? Like, 
I tell for people preaching at Christ's entry, for example, you mm-hmm. know, here's our rule. Here's our rule. For attire? For attire, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm like, no just, shorts. I just don't, <laughs> I, I just don't want you to draw attention to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, I think that's a wise principle. And put a little care in. Like, we put don't have shorts bit. and jandals and, I mean, because in New Zealand, that could yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what, like. You Certain know, contexts, you're, it would be okay. Yeah. And you're, you're in a beach, con- like, yeah. you're in a beach, beach town context. Like, yep. you, like it's just. It's, it's Summer not in Taranga? Totally. It's not viewed as irreverent at all. No. Like, it's just, you know, so you've got to kind of weigh all of these kind of things up. <laughs> but um, I've, I've heard, like, I've heard a preacher say it multiple times. Like, basically, like, men should not be playing video games. Computer games, Xbox, you should not be doing it. Um, because it's time to, like, grow up. Mm-hmm. And I think once again, it's like it comes down to like, what are you doing? Why? Actually, like, no mm. recreation, spending some time with some friends, maybe mm. nothing wrong with it. Like, yeah. And same person goes hunting for two or three days at a time. Oh, no, that's okay because you're getting meat. And I'm like, you can get meat a lot easier, more easily <laughs> than that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> FYI, going hunting two or three days at a time, that's cool too. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. That's fine. And if that's relaxing and enjoy, you know, to the glory of God, great. Mm. And you want to go walking without a rifle? That's cool. That's great too. <laughs> Not my thing, but it's like, we're different. Yeah. We have multiple people in our church that run marathons and half marathons. Okay. Yeah. Like for me, that is sin. For them, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do you know why you know why I don't run marathons because all the races almost all the races are on Sundays. Oh right, that, that, that's, that's why. why. That is why. That's why. Yeah. All this time I've been wondering. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. All right. Should I? I'm just gonna read the other. There was another Fred Malone quote in here, and I'm just gonna read that quick. It's kind of summing up what we were talking about. Uh-huh. The law guides Paul in what is lawful under the gospel and what is not. This is how he makes his ethical decisions as a Christian, under grace. Mm -hmm. But the gospel guides him in self-denial for the sake of love to God and man. Therefore, Christian liberty must be guided by the law and the gospel together. Amen. Amen. So good. Mm. So good. Luther, Martin Luther, uh, I recommended his uh, his little pamphlet called mm-hmm. On Christian Liberty, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, dedicated to the Pope at the time in 1520, mm-hmm. um, who called most excellent, most blessed Pope Leo. Um, but anyway, I can skip that, Pat. But, you know, Luther said there's precepts and promises. And law... And there's gospel. Mm-hmm. Law commands. Love God, love neighbor. Speak in such a way. That, that's all. That's all law. Mm-hmm. The law shows us who God is. Mm-hmm. And it shows us having come to Christ. Mm-hmm. In light of who God is, it shows us our need. And having come to Christ, it then shows us what a righteous, sanctified life looks like. Mm-hmm. That we ultimately love God and love neighbor itself. That's how it's summed up. 
And, but then there's the gospel promise. And what I appreciated in that Malone quote was, we say God, God, self-denial. Which part of it? Oh, yep. Yeah. The gospel guides him in self-denial for the sake of love to God and man. Yeah. And so he's making a sort of moral and ethical application of the gospel. That Christ lowered himself, that Christ thought of Mm -hmm. others before himself. And that in that self-denial, it's also affirming Paul's um, Mm -hmm. ethic. And I I think a completely different subject, and I, I don't want to go down this as a rabbit trail, but I think that gospel self-denial is missing in so much of sort of conservative, Bible-believing, reformed circles. Mm. It's, there's very much missing out on that sort of lowliness of Jesus that, you know, he, he went from high estate and went down, he, he gave of himself. It's just, mm. we're just like, I feel like the political environment has really shaped a lot of people in the last few years and it's just much more adept at yeah just beat the other team you know and you just don't see Jesus doing that it's just mm-hmm. there's, there's a level of self-denial and mm-hmm. and giving of himself and seeking the needs of others rather than just you know victory comes through that not just bludgeoning not just through Simply finding power and beating the other team, mm. um, and so I think that kind of gets that gets missed. You know, uh, we we justify a lot of language that is just harsh um, mm-hmm. under the guise of you know we're, we're trying to win, we're trying to fight the culture war. Meanwhile, you just don't see. Mm. a lot of that from Christ you know you just it's just it's just a different and so I think that ethical sort of self-denial um Mm. we can't just hand that over to progressive theologians it should be that should be that should be everyone's yeah that should be everyone's doctrine it should be that's an example you know well, because when, when our allegiance is more to cultural conservatism, social conservatism, Christian fundamental conservative, you know, all of those, like, it has to look a certain way, which is usually some sort of Americanized culture mm-hmm. standard that isn't biblical, sorry. Mm-hmm. And when you're allegiance is to that more so than than biblical not like that denial you're talking about the self-denial like mm-hmm. it does it turns into bashing instead of like self-denial in that instance really should look like humility and stopping to understand mm-hmm. someone else and mm-hmm. stopping to see them as an image bearer mm-hmm. and actually say like what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? How can we grow together? Amen. Where are our grounds to be united on? Mm-hmm. You know, I think an image that's really helped me on this kind of question has been the church is an anvil 
that has worn out many hammers. And I think a lot of people want to be the hammer, not the anvil. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Mm. We're the anvil that wears out the hammers. And I think First Peter like is kind of bears testimony to that in a lot mm. of ways. So, Calvin, John Calvin said, Liberty is an appendix to justification. Mm. You know, not the worthless body path, but an appendix meaning... You know, as a result of the doctrine of justification, we now have this Christian liberty. Mm. And I think it's, it's so, that's so crucially true that Christ has freed us from our sin, mm-hmm. from Satan, hell, um, paid our ransom, given us new desires by the Spirit, um, freed us from the sting of death Mm -hmm. Uh, as a result we now can have this doctrine of Christian liberty Mm. and I I think that that, that's crucially important Mm. Um, I think something else that's important in all of this especially as we're talking about the conscience mm -hmm. is that the your conscience isn't like a static thing you know you don't get it to a certain point and then it kind of just stops and sits there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can always inform your conscience. You can yeah. always be growing. And I think sometimes we just decide this is the way, you know, I'm just stopping here. <laughs> and, and therefore, anything that butts up into my conscience now you know, I'm just going to remain there and then I'll just view that as wrong, which it may not be wrong. And if we're not learning to grow and inform our conscience by scripture, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, there's many wonderful, solid resources that we can learn and grow from. Mm -hmm. And I think we always have to be learning and growing and seeking to inform our conscience rightly. Mm Mm-hmm. And then also examine the things that have informed our conscience mm-hmm. and and see those for what they totally. are. Totally, totally. So much stuff we just kind of grow up with it yeah. or we implicitly taught it and we implicitly yeah. believe it. And we just let that sit there mm-hmm. and it never changes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know... We haven't even mentioned the weak and the strong in Romans 14. I'm assuming people will listen to your sermon. Yeah, I, I would hope, but I mean... <laughs> we can't re-preach everything. <laughs> but, you know, the, the weak, ultimately those who have an immature conscience that not being... They do not have an understanding mm. that certain practices that they believe are sinful are in fact actually not sinful. Right. And so, even if, and they're like, I have to keep the full ceremonial law still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, really, they just need to come to a place of being informed by scripture. Hey, actually, mm-hmm. you're free to eat that bacon sandwich, you know? Yep. Um, and you don't need to circumcise, you know, mm-hmm. your sons just in case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those yeah. kind of things. Um, yeah, so I think that's... Paul, Paul says, and Paul's a Jew, 
Most of the weaker Jews. Paul's mm-hmm. a Jew and he's like, we who are strong. Romans mm-hmm. 15, 1. Mm-hmm. Like Paul identifies himself with the strong. Mm-hmm. Paul's really walking in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but make sure you're weak. Don't despise the strong. And, and strong, don't judge the weak. Don't judge the weak. Don't cause them to stumble. Don't let your good be spoken of as evil. Um, don't destroy mm. your brother. Mm. Crucial. Mm. So I did I did come up with like an example of just like kind of the same practice. Uh, and, and it was circumcision. Uh, the same practice, but how Christ, the doctrine of Christian liberty sort of shapes it. And Acts 15, you have the Jerusalem Council. Acts 16, Paul's back on mission and he's trying to evangelize Jews that do not know Christ. And he's got Timothy with him. And Timothy's, of course, his, his mother is a Jew. His father's a Greek. And Timothy's not circumcised. So Timothy, he circumcises Timothy for the sake of uh, the mission. And that's that. What's the first Corinthians nine? To the Jew, I became mm-hmm. like a Jew. Um, but then, Titus. Is, so he's removing a fence. Titus, mm-hmm. Paul says in Galatians two. No. No, no way am I letting Titus get circumcised because the people that mm-hmm. were. So no one was offended in Acts with in Acts sixteen with Timothy. That was mm-hmm. like a we're going in and we think that this will be the best thing. Mm-hmm. But in Titus in Galatians two with Titus, people saying, "Hey, Titus is a Greek. He needs to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. Jesus plus circumcision, right. really." And and Paul opposes it absolutely. Forget it. You're not. We're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that the gospel might be preserved. Mm-hmm. So the same action, mm-hmm. circumcising at the time an uncircumcised man, mm-hmm. one was like, no, it's a good decision to make for mission. And then on the other hand, it's like, no, this is horrific mm-hmm. compromise and we lose the gospel when we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so one yeah. is... One is an act of service and love for people, mm-hmm. and the other one is you're adding to the gospel. You're yeah. or diluting it, whatever way you want to look at it. You're yeah. damaging the gospel message. Yeah. And yeah, and, and I think in the sake of Timothy, that's an exercise of Christian liberty. Mm. He could have decided either way, yes or no. He mm. had the liberty to, or the liberty not to. Mm. But they chose to do it mm. for the sake of the gospel. But in the case of Titus, mm. that's just it's sin if they did that. And it's destroying the gospel. And really, it's like taking that Christian liberty, pushing it so much further. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it just becomes, it becomes sinful because it's like a complete binding of consciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's blasphemous because you're mm-hmm. writing laws that God has not given. And then you're declaring someone to be a heretic. Mm-hmm. If they don't do it, mm-hmm. that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a very useful sort of contrast. Um, mm-hmm. In one, it's exercising liberty, and in the other, it is, goodness gracious me, 
something absolutely mm. horrible. And so Paul absolutely just exercises it. And I think I remember uh, D.A. Carson a number of years ago. I didn't manage to kind of find the clip. He says that most, he's basically a teetotaler when it comes to alcohol. But he says sometimes in Canada, for example, is like, who cares? like who cares? He doesn't like drinking. But then sometimes if he finds people where it's like drinking alcohol is sin, but, but no one's actually got a problem with alcoholism or anything like that. He's just like, you know, past the port, he said. <laughs> because he's like, some people ought to be offended. Mm. Because hmm. they're... They're yeah. going so far beyond liberty yeah. into just straight up legalism. Mm. It's, it, I just think the tie-in between a lot of these gospel culture ones so far is we have like as we're just we're not supposed to be going beyond what God has said. God has spoken. God has laid the boundaries clearly. Um, we don't need to add to that. Yeah. And with our words and what we were talking about in the last sermon, look back with this one and our liberty, like you don't speak for God. Yeah. Um, and then we're the, what we're called to is already radical enough mm-hmm. in the sense of kingdom living is already big enough. It's already, um, called to the highest standard mm-hmm. and like what we should be focusing on is that in the power that christ has given us and not just adding and trying to again because we're always lowering god's standard when amen. we just add all of this stuff to it amen when you add to grace you wind up lowering the law and losing grace it's just it never works mm. uh Creating man-made or extra laws that just never actually brings what it promises. Mm. And uh, it's it's Sinclair Ferguson where I kind of first sort of picked this up. Um, And it's just realizing, I've been looking at it before. Um, Michael Horton talks a lot about this as well. Mm. That legalism, sort of earning salvation, uh, Jesus plus kind of ideas. Mm -hmm. And antinomianism against the law Mm -hmm. lawlessness licentiousness Mm -hmm. are really two sides of the same coin yeah and what's fascinating is so often you get people that i mean the pushback on people like me that and the pushback on others that you know potentially the way you're preaching and teaching is opens the door for licentiousness Mm -hmm. or lawlessness Mm -hmm. um but the reality is, is that you, what often gets proposed doesn't actually help. It just creates further hypocrisy. Oh no, actually we need, yeah, what you're saying is this, but let's just make the law a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. we'll move the law a little bit in and so therefore we'll all be protected from sinning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give what it promises. Mm-hmm. And, and Ferguson points out that in the garden, Eve was really the first legalist. 
Because Satan convinces her and says, mm-hmm. you know, there's more of God's blessing here. So if you just do a little bit more and you just eat of this fruit, there'll be more blessing. There'll be more of God's favor for you. That's legalism. At its core, it's legalism. Hmm. But in becoming an illegalist and eating, she became lawless. Because mm-hmm. when you seek God's blessing where he has not promised it, you don't actually find it. Mm-hmm. You actually find man-made religion, hypocrisy, self-righteousness, and uh, find freedom in law-breaking even, perhaps. Mm. It's trusting in yourself. I'm glad we did this. Not your favorite kind of subject, right? I mean, you kind of like, you kind of get this, but mm. it's just like, a, it's just like, once again, I constantly feel like in ministry, you're like often re-foundation laying and you're just like, let's just, yeah, let's just check that the piles and the mm-hmm. holding up the structure is solid. Yeah. Um, because like our church right now, we've got so many different people Mm -hmm. very different backgrounds very different preferences Mm -hmm. and you're trying to like hold that together as a family Mm -hmm. and people get to know each other more and more you stop butting heads Mm -hmm. um this is one of those these principles help you to just like live together Mm uh and continue to be different but then be unified you know you don't want to have to like the same stuff. 